never reach me Were some guys who were preacher fans The only dudes who could ever teach me Were some guys who were preacher fans Yes, they were They were Oh, yes, they were That's a podcast theme right there What's up, everybody? Welcome to Preacher Man, the podcast where a couple of guys on a Sunday morning chill. It's like Sunday school, but for adults. I'm Justin Tyler. I am Pete LePage. We're talking Preacher. And we are talking Preacher, season two. Oh, man. uh, Episode seven called Pig. uh, Pig. Makes you hungry for some bacon. Does it? Doesn't it? Uh, No, it doesn't. Some nice, light, floating bacon. (laughs) The old meat balloon. Uh, So let's uh, just catch up real fast on this show. Um, Main characters, Jesse Custer, Tulip something, Cassidy. He probably doesn't have a last name. Yeah. And they are uh, on a mission to find God. The old mission to find God. But life keeps getting in the way. In the form of a cowboy from hell named the Saint of Killers, who right. uh, was tasked by a rogue angel, uh, I guess you could say, to kill Jesse Custer because he has this uh, thing, this power called Genesis, in his body, which allows him to control people just by using like a slightly deeper voice. Yeah, using your Batman voice. It's like going through puberty. Uh, yeah. You get more powerful as your voice deepens. And it turns out uh, a lot of people don't like Jesse and want to try to kill him. Uh, yeah, so uh, they're on the run. Uh, last episode, they dispatched Jesse, dispatched with the Saint of Killers, put him in the back of an armored car, and drove it into a swamp. Yeah, which isn't really taking care of it. It's just kind of putting paws on an indestructible monster for a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I found that a lot of my problems can be solved by putting them in a car and driving it into. Uh, the swamp. Yeah, but is it solving the problem or is it just putting it somewhere you don't have to look at for a while? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I put a, put a bunch of my old headshots in the car and just drove it into the swamp. <laughs> man, you really are, you know, that's a lot of waste, man. I mean, you wasted a whole car as well. I mean, that's just it's all, a lot. It's all digital, man. That's the future. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the Saint of Killers is off the table, at least for right now. Uh, in the meantime, we have uh, Cassidy. We found out last episode that his uh, son is this old guy they're crashing with named Dennis. Dennis, yeah. Uh, they saved Dennis's life just barely. Uh, but in the course of that, <laughs> uh, Tulip, uh, the Saint of Killers, grabbed her by the neck, and she has been damaged mentally by that Yes, experience. since then. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that, like... You know, that's, that's, you know, that can't be fun. And she's having, I mean, we get to see her nightmares and that is very intense. Yeah. I mean, like I've been in a similar situation. Uh, oh, really? The Santa killers picked you up by the uh, throat one time? No, but I, I encountered like, uh, uh, I don't know if you really can compare it to that. Really? I don't know what you're about to say, but there's no way it comes close to being grabbed by the throat and lifted off the ground by the saint of killers. When I, when I was a kid, I went to Disney world and Mickey mouse put his arm on my shoulder and it was, it was weird. You know what I mean? Like it felt weird. (laughs) And that still haunts me. No, thank you. That I'm sorry, buddy. That does not come close. That's the opposite of what we're talking. 
Uh, I yeah. had a, I, every time for weeks afterwards. I had nightmares. I had visions of severed fingers falling out of the air. You were never in danger. Okay, you were never in danger. You don't know that. Yes, I do know. You don't that. know that. Yeah. Mickey Mouse is like the saint of cartoons. <laughs> and still he, not a killer though. There's no way that Mickey Mouse could have killed you in that situation. The well, okay. I mean, I don't want to. I'm alive, so I can't blame you. Yeah, exactly. I, every so. time I walk through Times Square, there's one of those, oh. one of those Mickey's just really. <laughs> Why would you walk out. through Times Square? That's don't go anywhere near Times Square. What are you crazy? I'm working in Times Square right now. Oh, that's horrible! Don't as, take as, a job in Times Square as the naked cowboy. Oh man, that's a bad gig, man. You gotta <laughs> come on, man. Dance for nickels on the subway. Don't be the naked cowboy. Well, I'm at, to be, I'm the naked cowboy, but I'm sort of the naked saint of killers. Oh, okay. Oh, very sense. topical right now. But yeah, naked saint of killers. That's me. Yeah. Anyway, uh-huh. uh, let's. I think we've talked about my personal life, <laughs> amount, and my childhood nightmares. Uh, so let's kick in. Oh, so Je- and Jesse's goal. They co- they've come to New Orleans to find God. He's missing, and they are on the search, looking at all the jazz clubs and bars in Nolens. Nolens. Now uh, let's talk about it character we get to meet here speaking of creepy uh stories hair star hair to, star yeah cool name it also sounds like a great name for a, a salon a <laughs> uh, barber shop uh hair star yeah uh, yeah so we we start the episode with um hair star investigating a uh a, I guess a miracle you might call it a yeah. f- a floating pig in a small Vietnamese village. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's super fun for everybody. Uh, and you know he so one eye hair star shows up and old one eye. He doesn't seem to be charmed by the floating pig. No, he's like shit. I did love the uh, Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl champion T-shirts. Uh, so yes, that was hysterical. Because bit. we all know that did not happen, and one that of these, is correct. one of yeah. the Vietnamese uh, kids is wearing an Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl well, champion. Well, I mean, we all wished that the Atlanta Falcons were the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I definitely was on that team. I was rooting for the Falcons, but it, one of those things where because they make both shirts, because as soon as the game's over, they go for sale. So, like, yeah, it's just a funny bit. And I thought, again, like, I love all the little detention, the detail on the show where they're trying to put bits wherever they can, fun little stuff, and it, it is very enjoyable. Yeah, there, there is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so it seems like, um, oh, I mean, when pigs fly, very <laughs> that's like a fun statement that people say when stuff's, yep. like, unlikely to happen, and mm-hmm. we have a flying pig. Uh, well, I mean, floating pig, but sure, sure, yeah. I mean, it's not, you know. I mean, floating is just like junior high flying. It's yeah, like right. JV yeah. flying. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a meat balloon. It's not really. If you could float, I wouldn't be so shitty about it, is all I'm saying. <laughs> like, why are you being such a dick about it? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is, it is a miracle that people we find travel to go find and look at. You know, you, you seem like the, a real hair star in this situation. I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, I'm not going to go all the way to, you know, Vietnam for a meat balloon. Oh, that's a great delicacy down there. <laughs> Bon me and meat balloons. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so uh, we leave that behind. We get the opening credits. I, while I was watching the opening credits, I was reminded of our poor man, Eugene. We haven't seen him in so long. Yeah, I know. It's been a minute. He's in hell, uh, chilling with Hitler. Yeah. I mean, you know, him and Hitler are reliving. Hopefully he gets to go back in Hitler's cell because his cell is so much scarier than Hitler's cell, which is unbelievable to say out loud. Yeah. But, yeah. I know. Well, I mean, it's like, how close are you to your neighbors? Do you invite them over a lot? No, I don't. No. How about you? Um, yeah, I'll have the neighbors over. I mean, I live above um, Genghis Khan. So it's not Oh, our, that's got to be tough. It's man. like a Hitler type situation. Yeah, you can't be like, keep it down. Yeah, because he's murdered hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. So Yeah, and that's probably how you got the apartment because he murdered the people before you. Yeah, but we're, we're cool. Yeah. I, I try to keep my noise down. I mean, unless I'm blasting that third eye blind. Oh man, that's got to be tough. Yeah. Uh, stop with that. But he's a way. he's a huge <laughs> fan. Genghis Khan, huge fan. Stop with that running bit. Anyways, so, so I, I miss we, Eugene. I wish. I hope that Hitler's like, yes, come over. Let's watch. <laughs> Let's watch a little bit. No, yeah. I'll make. I'm making guacamole. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, we get the old, the classic two cart situation, the old drunken dead carts, you know, that drive around the streets. Have you seen those in New York? Uh, yeah. Uh, dead carts. I'm often in one of them. (laughs) Uh, no, I did think that was super funny. Actually, in the first part of the episode, we only get the reveal of the drunk cart and later we get the dead cart. No, if you're paying attention, it's, you see the drunk and then the dead one turns and follows it, but you really got to look at the little license plate. But yeah, but then they kind of give you the big reveal. Yeah, uh, very funny. I mean, that's one of those things that I feel like is almost real. Yeah. Like, have you ever been to New Orleans, Pete? No, no, I've always wanted to go. I haven't been. I went once, and people are people be wasted. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what you kind of go down there for. A hundred percent. And uh, it, but it happens every any night of the week. Uh, so yeah. it's very close to true, the drunk cart. Mm-hmm. So uh, we see a little bit of that, uh, which is fun. And then we see uh, the gang uh, outside of the last jazz club in uh, New Orleans, which means they're not having a lot of luck finding our man yeah. God. But uh, they stumble on a old uh, the old gun fight club. Yeah, they go to a bar called the Hurt Locker. Fun ref, mm-hmm. um, and where a bunch of uh, rough and tumble guys, kind of guys yeah. I grew up with, uh, honestly, are uh, <laughs> shooting people in a wearing a bulletproof vest for money and gambling. Exactly. Them. Yeah. Because when you live in New Orleans, like you know, eventually you're like, yeah, this is fun, but where's you know, where's the real action? I mean, it's not that far out of. I've definitely been with people who uh, shoot off fireworks at when they're drunk. Who uh, yeah play a game called uh, Nails, which is a drinking game with involving hammering nails into a stump. Sweet, uh, which is very fun. So this is again like just above reality, very close. Right. Yeah. So our group it's like comes just in. lightly floating above reality. I would say flying but, because I'm not a psychopath. Floating is stupid. <laughs> Why would anyone ever say that word? <laughs> okay, my bad. Sorry. Yeah. Fly or die. Yeah, that's what you always say. Yeah, fly or die. Fly or die. Sometimes both. Uh, so uh, the gang walks in and they are scamming these dudes. Cassidy and Tulip. Old, yeah. 
the old switcheroo, good cop, bad cop, good preacher, bunch of people. Just yeah, I mean, it was fun, and you kind of knew it, right? It, we, we, you were kind of like in on the joke because you know these characters by now, so you know this isn't like real, like they're pulling one over, which is it's fun to see that kind of perspective on the con. So it was, I thought it was really cool, but oh shit, that kiss. Was is straight trouble, man. So Cassidy and Tulip kiss. Well, that's why you can't trust anybody. That's why I, whenever I meet someone, I always ask them, "Are you a vampire?" In the first five minutes of talking to them. Really? Yeah. Well, you're, just because otherwise you're going to be fooled. You're going to be fooled just like. Well, this. that's weird because I always ask people if they're a werewolf. You know. Oh wow, we have different fears, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm more looking to join the werewolf clan. I don't want anything to do with the vampires. So. Oh, you're asking if they're werewolves so you can be bit. Yeah, and like, then, yeah, come on, let me get in here. Come on. Yeah. Uh, you want to be cursed uh, to turn into a, a wolf man? Mer- well, if it's going to kind of come down to, like, pick sides, you know, if it's going to be, like, vampires versus werewolves, I want to be on Team Werewolf, man. You think that's how it's all going to go down? Yeah, I mean, haven't you been watching any movies? I mean, come on, dude. I thought you were going to say the news. Well... Haven't you, know, you been watching think, the news? The vampires and the werewolves are at each other's throats. Yeah. I'm pushing for a bipartisan werewolf and vampire <laughs> agreement. Yeah. Take it easy, Bernie Sanders. You know, you're just talking pipe dreams. Yeah. That's uh, Donald Trump. Is Donald Trump a werewolf or a vampire? I don't know. That could sway me. Probably a vampire. But I don't know. That hair is crazy. Yeah. Exactly. If he's a werewolf, he's a real shitty werewolf. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, Cassidy and Tulip kissed to, as part of their con. But that's a yeah. real kiss, dude. That was a real, especially for Cassie. And just that whole, like, kind of like, you know, music, you know, a little bird spinning over his head. He's like, I'm in love. And then immediately gets shot. Oh, so funny. The timing of that. Oh, and then before that, when he's like, they're doing the whole bit of which gun to pick. He's like, pick the biggest one. Like Cassie comes into frame is like, what the fuck, man? Oh, I, that was so funny. Very so funny. funny. Now, yeah. so what do you think? Are so you think Cassidy loves Tulip? Yes. Yeah. Do you think Tulip? It's a straight up love triangle going on right now, man. And do you think so? Tulip's in the middle. Obviously, is she? Which way is she going? Well, Tulip is likes. I think Tulip likes having somebody around who appreciates her and is nice to her and does things. You know what I mean? So like, I think she's eating this up a little bit. Uh, later in the episode, we actually, they, her and Jesse are talking about uh, when the Saint of Killers was about to kill her and Cassidy saved her. Yeah. And she mentioned it in a sort of a way that made me think, Oh, she likes Cassidy. I don't know, man. I just think that she doesn't not like him right now. So Yeah. So would you be happy if Cassidy and Tulip ended up together? Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, let's not talk crazy talk. I mean, come on, man. I'm just saying. It's, it's possible. That's, I don't know, man. I don't know. Oh, this, I, is, that, shaking, I don't like, is this shaking you to your core right now? Yeah, exactly. You seem I am rattled because it's like I, that was something I didn't even consider. And now you're putting it on the table. And, oh, man, that would be awful. I mean, because – Preachers really usually don't have, like, girlfriends or wives. Sure, sure, right. So. I mean, is he really a preacher, though? I mean. Yeah. yeah. Lots to think about there, Pete. Lot to yeah. think about. 
Uh, so then we move on to uh, Cassidy, sort of bummed out, hanging out with Dennis, his son, who's old. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a great way to get the bar to yourselves. You know, that was a fun scam. And then it's like, now they, <laughs> and that was a funny line too to Tulip, like, hey, you kidding me? Open bar? Totally worth it. Yeah. Hysterical. Uh, and we, so Dennis has been speaking in French, which Cassidy doesn't yeah. really speak uh, this whole time. A helpful professor sitting down the bar uh, offers that was to translate. hysterical. Like yeah. all of a sudden he comes uh, conscious and it was just like, oh, he's been saying the same thing over and over again. Uh, yeah, that was great because fucking Cassidy, I mean, your son only speaks French. Learn goddamn French uh, or at least get Google Translate in there. I mean, come on, man. Uh, so yeah, it was just this, I thought it was just a funny moment, uh, in the show. It was, they were just kind of having fun with that. And I thought it was a, but man, what a reveal. Like, yeah, no, your son hates you. (laughs) Yeah. That was, uh, such a funny, weird moment. Like who was that dude? Yeah. Um, and I gotta say like that guy seemed weirdly knowledgeable. Yep. Do you think he will play a larger role, or is that a one-off thing? Oh, I don't. I, I probably just a one-off thing. But man, uh, I mean, that's got to be tough. It's like you don't want to curse your son, but at the same time, like your son's going to die. So it's like, I don't know. I think Cassie's doing the right thing. I don't think you want to curse your son for all of existence. Whereas, yeah, he might have a shitty death, but at least he gets to die. You know, but Cassidy doesn't seem unhappy. Uh, he kind of is, man. He seems like he's pretty chill. Uh, there's been some some theorizing on uh, on Reddit that 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 professor is God that everyone's been looking for. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Any you, you believe in that? I don't know, man. I don't want to. You know what I mean? I'm enjoying the ride of the show. I don't want to put too much on it right now. You know. Oh wow! Great answer. This podcast is about talking about the show. Just a <laughs> quick update for you. Uh, so, uh, Cassidy, oh, go ahead. I wanted to talk about the uh, the whole like nightmare that uh, Tulip was having, where it was like a goddamn Stephen King movie, where she's just like walking around in the dark. Was that driving you insane or what? I thought that was really cool. Uh, it's like a like a student, an NYU student film with yeah. tumbling fingers and fingers in the cowboy. Uh, yeah, I was like, stop being so curious and walking around, god damn it. And then when the window went back open again, I was like, no, don't go in there. Yeah. Oh, man, that was intense. But what did you think when she walked back into Hurt Locker? Uh, at the end of the episode? Yeah. So uh, jumping around a little bit, yeah, the end of the episode – she goes back in, tells the guys that they scammed them, and demands that they shoot her. Uh, clearly, she's trying to deal with this emotional trauma, and it's not going well. Yeah, so what a great way to kind of like speed through therapy or dealing with emotions. Just get shot in the chest a bunch of times so you feel alive. Wow. Yeah, I don't think that's a licensed type of therapy. Yeah, yeah. But it's working for her. It seems to be working. And, you know, whatever yeah. works. Whatever yeah. works. <laughs> so, as long as you're not hurting anybody, you know, and you're growing, uh, you know, I think that's important. As long as you trust the giant 
redneck who's probably <laughs> drunk to hit you in the vest and not anywhere else. Anywhere else. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they used a similar thing in a TV show called The Leftovers where one of the main characters there was dealing nobody, with some emotional trauma nobody. and she, uh, was shot. Uh, she was shot. She was shot. Uh, and now, about it. so it's sort of a similar oh, thing. Oh, man. And in the movie, what about Bob? We're having like technical difficulties. Or something, it seems like in the movie, what about Bob? Uh, they also uh, have death therapy, which is a similar idea. Oh, thanks for sharing. Yeah, just a little right. some references there. Uh, so we also uh, checking back in on uh, on one eye, Mister Star. He's down trying to solve the floating pig problem. He's worried he's going to have to kill everybody. But instead, he looks at the water and is like, oh, I'll just poison the water. Yeah. He's like, this water's already got floating stuff in it. Why not just add some more? Uh, so he is he's and we, working we get, for this Christian. He's like a militant arm of Christianity here. Yeah. So, yeah, we get flashbacks to how Hairstar got to uh, – his rise to power and what a fucking crazy roller coaster that is. Yeah, this is son of such a fun part of the episode. Uh, it reminded me of like Men in Black or any sort of a competition movie to become a secret agent, uh, yeah. except taken up to the most heightened, fucked up degree. Uh, so yeah, it's, I mean, let's talk about some of the things he did there. Like, it's funny because this guy is like a cartoon character of like. How, what is he going to do in this situation? What is he going to do in this situation? And it was like disgusting and crazy, but also hilarious to see what he would do to win. And if nobody's going to stop him or say, hey, that's wrong, like he's going to keep doing it. And man alive, does he like just kick everybody's ass in such a weird, fucked up way. Uh, yeah, let's break it down. So we start with, uh, there's like 20 guys fully nude um, yep. going into the training. We see that uh, Star uh, has some sweet nip piercings <laughs> and a chain <laughs> connecting to. And he's worried about validating parking, which uh, having been out to the West Coast a lot, uh, yeah, that's, that's a real problem. Uh, <laughs> less so here on the East Coast. Uh, then he, uh, he has to wrestle uh, to try to put this guy this wrestler out of the ring he uh starts masturbating and then kicks his ass uh later with a golf club i believe yeah yeah that was hysterical where the guy starts to talk and be like and see you know distractions are very important <laughs> it's like it's either like a cattle prod or a golf club or something and just starts beating him. oh man so intense yeah you love that yeah yeah it was it was kind of very funny uh we see him uh really really use an alternate technique for the seduction section. Yeah. Yeah. I think feel like that was the only time he really failed. Yeah. Well, he got the information, uh, electroshock. He's like totally comfortable being shocked, uh, on the butt. <laughs> well, I thought it was, uh, on, on their nuts. Yeah. Butt and nuts. Yeah. Well, and don't forget the taint in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that would look very painful, but look like he was having the time of his life. Yeah. I know. You just got to be cool with it. Yeah. Uh, then in the final event, uh, he's down to him and one other guy for some target practice, and he just hits the right target, lights the yeah. dude up. Yeah. Now, I kind of had – did you sense that that was happening? Like as soon as he picked the gun, and I was like, oh, shit, I wonder if he's just going to shoot him. I like, did. Don't give Airstar the fucking gun. 
Oh, man. As soon as that, uh, the other recruit was just smiling so confidently, I was like, Star's uh, going to shoot this dude. Yeah, because uh, it's not like you can shoot better than how he, that other guy shot. And he showed a real willingness to break the rules. Yeah. Uh, in watching this, I feel like Star is like the flip side of Cassidy. He's like an evil Cassidy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, like, I was <laughs> – they're, like, overlooking this amazing view on a balcony smoking cigars. I was like, oh, God, what's he going to do? Uh, yeah, so he, he is chosen as to be the, the Christian enforcer, basically, mm-hmm. uh, to rid the world of false prophets around um, anywhere they're, they're, they pop up. Uh, mm-hmm. It's funny, uh, Hairstar seems completely not at all interested in Christianity. He's yeah. actually sort of bummed that Jesus is the guiding force of all of this. Yeah. Uh, I also thought it was funny, of the, some of the false prophets they've killed, Abraham Lincoln, mm-hmm. uh, interesting. I feel like this made me think that this organization is behind killing Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. In the, in this world. I thought that could Yeah, be it keeps coming one. up, dude. It's a fun running bit. Tom Cruise is basically a false prophet. Yeah. Or a real prophet, depending on your religion. Yeah, or how much you like action movies. That's true. Exactly. Like, you worship, like, you're sort of a Farleyite, right? Right, yeah. And it's like Farley, Tango, and Cash type of, yeah, religion. Tango and Cash is like your Bible? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, they said Belushi. They said Belushi they killed, too. So that was like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the, he's, so Hairstar's chilling with his boss. He's like, oh, you're going to be great at this. And he just... Throws him right over the balcony, killing him. It's pretty badass to kill your boss on day one of work. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he doesn't even have the key to the bathroom yet. He yeah, I mean, how does he even, yeah, I mean, it's, you know. Has he filled out his paperwork? How's he going to get yeah, paid? Yeah, how does anybody even know who this guy is yet? I mean, he's just going to show up and be like, hey, uh, my boss just, I just got this job. My boss jumped to his death, okay? Hi, I'll take over for him. At least find out a good dry cleaning place because they are wearing these white suits and they are bound to get scuffed. Yeah. And so, you want to look, especially you're going out to like this tiny village in Vietnam, you're going to want to have a clean suit. Yeah. It's, it's true. You got to, I mean, the, the cleaning bills for this organization have got to be off the charts. Yeah. Uh, so then we, uh, we move on. We see Tulip in the Hurt Locker scene. She is mm-hmm. uh, really trying to feel again after her confrontation. Just, she just wants to feel like herself again and not have all these nightmares, you know? Uh, so then we get an interesting scene where Jesse, um, outside of the bar they were in, uh, there's a guy who's saying the end is nigh. Yeah. A, a doomsday uh, believer, I guess you could say. And Jesse goes to talk to him. Uh, yeah, you know, he's not as crazy as everybody makes him out to be. You know, just a level-headed guy who's like, well, technically, I mean, the earth's been dying since we got here, you know. So it's just a matter of time, everybody. Now, is this guy God? Yeah, so that was what I was thinking, maybe, you know. He had a tie on. You know, he's looking respectable. He had a tie on, but he was wearing a T-shirt. So I, right. I just oh, so you know, know, just so you know, for your life, Pete, that's not a respectable look. Like, if you're going well, on a... I like it was looking pretty respectable. No, Plus, he likes beer, so, like, probably God, right? Uh, yeah, I guess uh, that's two pieces of evidence, Um but uh, so you don't think God's going to walk into a bar and be like, vodka, please. You know. He's going to be more of a beer guy? You yeah, know? I mean, he's, he doesn't have to worry about the calories or any of that stuff. I mean, he can't, you know, he's like, vodka, can I get a vodka, please? Yeah, just just on ice. 
See, I think he would drink like uh, Malibu and pineapple. Because <laughs> why not? Yeah. yeah, he'd be a pina colada guy. Yeah, he's, he's just on vacation all the time. All the time, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll know God by the Hawaiian shirt. He's going to be like, Do you make frozen margaritas here? Uh, <laughs> and if the yeah. guy says no. Jazz and frozen margaritas. If the guy says no, that bartender's going to hell. Yeah, there's no question about it. Uh, but the the bigger thing that Jesse asks him is, uh, I think Jesse's feeling stressed about the fact that he sold one percent of his soul, or he took yeah, out, he took his soul out and put it into uh, the cowboy, mm-hmm. so that he could control him. And this guy, whether he's God or not, says that's bad news. Yeah. Because you can't even one percent of your soul is still your soul. That means part of your soul is in hell or belongs to the Satan killer. So, like, that's not good. Yeah, he might as well give in fifty percent. Yeah, because if there's any piece of your part of you that's in hell, I assume that when you die, that's where you would go. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would get Kate Pete. Would you mind just holding on to like a half of my soul for a little bit? Well, I mean, how am I supposed to hold that? I don't know about this. Just, I don't know about this. just keep it. See if it changes you at all. See if it makes you <laughs> a, a better actor. Or uh, yeah, it might make me a better person. I don't. I don't want any part of this. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we end the episode with uh, Star he kills the pig. The whole village is dead. Yeah. And he is tasked with going after a little guy by the name of Jesse Custer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you knew these, you know, we weren't just going to see Air Star without knowing that, like, okay, he's going to go after our team, too, you know. Yeah, now, let me ask you this. Is Star scarier than the Cowboy? No, I don't think so. I think the Cowboy's scarier than, I mean, seeing the Killers is, like, you know, very scary looking. Where, yeah. I mean, he's wearing a white suit. I mean, it's hard to be scared of somebody in a white suit. Uh, but to me, it seems like the Santa Killers, the cowboy, is like a force of nature. Right. Uh, so you can – It's he's only going to do one thing. He's just going to walk straight to Jesse whenever he uses his power and try to kill him. Yeah. Uh, or and, I feel like the Air Star, it's like, hey, I heard you're into like this very specific type of prostitute. Just go this way. You know. We're going to be like, all right, get near. Uh, yeah, I'm saying that – Hairstar may be a little bit more scary and maybe more of a threat to our team. No, I mean, he he is more with the times and more versatile, sure. But, like, Saint of Killers isn't human and it was like, you know, he had magical powers and just was slow and dumb a little bit. But, like, that, he fucked with you, you were dead, that's it, no coming back, where... Hair star is just crazy, evil, crazy guy, you know, weird nipple rings. So, like, I don't, I don't think that's as scary. I, I mean, I don't know. Jesse dispatched with the Santa Killers, like, pretty easily. Yeah, but before that, like, Santa Killers was killing everybody and has been for years and years, thousands of years or whatever it is. So, like, I don't know, man. I think that's more scary than a dude in a white suit who has one eye. Well, I'm saying I think... I think Hairstar is going to prove to be more of a problem for our team than the Saint of Killers. Well, that's not what you asked me. You asked me who was scarier. So it's two separate questions now. Oh, okay. 
Well, in the end, <laughs> Hair Star will be scarier because he's going to be more of a problem for them. Okay. All right. I'll agree with that. Oh, nice. Got him. Uh, that's the episode. What do we have coming up next? Whoa, whoa, whoa. That wasn't the uh, – you forgot the, the old meat balloon explanation. Uh, yes. I yeah, I mean, we get the, you know, scientists trying to, you know, or specialists or whoever was talking. I thought it was just a funny bit where Jesse's, like, watching TV but not watching TV. He's just kind of, like, zoned out in front of it. And they're kind of saying it's the old, uh, the water was so bad for you it made pigs float. <laughs> yeah. You know, the old meat balloon explanation. Yeah. No, I, I make that excuse a lot. Uh, why were yeah. you late? Oh, uh, this meat balloon thing yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, that was a funny, hysterical, crazy way to end the episode. Especially after we learn that uh, Hairstar's coming for Jesse, and then we yeah. we end on just like a fun throwaway moment uh, featuring yeah. some scientists on TV. Yeah, I thought. It, yeah, I thought it was just funny. Uh, so, Je- so what do you think is next? for um for our team what's the next episode are we going to see some eugene i hope we get a little eugene because it seems like that's the way the season's going we spend some time with our crew then we spend a little time with eugene uh but yeah and we're going to get more hair star for sure yeah definitely i feel like we got a confrontation coming up pretty fast Mm -hmm. tulips in a bad place well she's in a better place but I don't know if her and Jesse are in a good place. Yeah, I feel like Cassidy's been the one this season who's like worried about everyone's well-being. And I think yeah. if he reaches out for Tulip, that's going to put uh, maybe Tulip's feelings for Cassidy in front of Tulip's feelings for Jesse. Yeah. Not to be all middle school about it, but they're going to kiss, and Jesse's just going to have to go like sit on the playground all by himself. For a little bit, and then I think, you know... But well, man, I yeah, who knows? But I feel like, you know, Jesse and Tulip belong together, not Cassidy and Tulip. Hey, that's not how it always works out, Pete. Well, should. Well, Ross and Rachel really didn't get together, so They did at the end, you asshole. Yeah, but not for like not for real. What do you mean not for real? Like they didn't it felt like maybe, but probably not, you know? No, dude, that was like they're together. Okay, I guess. So uh, hit us up with who you think uh, <laughs> if Ross and Rachel got together using the hashtag um, Pete the Poodle. <laughs> hit us no, up with your dude, explanation. Screw you with this because someone actually did this and it made me super mad, but then they were cool about it. But, dude, stop. Please but- stop. Pete, this is called social media branding. We're getting the word out there. (laughs) Uh, Let's move on to our next section, which is called Revelations, where we talk about our favorite part of the episode, something that struck us, something we think is going to be important down the line. Pete, what was your revelation from this episode? Um, I'm going to say it was uh, Tulip getting shot in the chest. I thought that was a really fun, like just to see her smile and be kind of like we got a glimpse of her again. Uh, it was just such a great moment. And I, it was like she's a dangerous person. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't mind walking back into danger and like putting herself out there. So like the fact that she knows herself well enough to know what she has to do to kind of get herself back on track, I thought that was pretty awesome. 
Nice. Uh, sort of a fucked up thing to think, but sure. Yep. Uh, my favorite thing in the episode was the backstory on Hair Star. I thought they did a great job of setting up this villain. After you deal with a villain like the Santa Killers, it's it, which was so well done. Like he was legit terrifying. For yep. them to create a villain that is almost better designed to fuck with our trio, uh, I think is amazing. And it was funny, but also terrifying and gross uh, all the yep. time. Like really great sequences scenes. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, that's the show, guys. We do a bunch of other shows, including our comic book talk show on Nerdist called Comic Book Club. Please check that out. If you want to support the show, you can check us out at patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, if you're ever in New York City on a Tuesday, we'd love to see you at our live show at the pit. Yep, every Tuesday at 8 o'clock, see us live in person. We're fun. <laughs> We're fun, guys, especially in yeah. person. Oh, uh, man. You can follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Um, as always, yeah, hit us up uh, on hashtag Pete the Poodle. Uh, let us know what you <laughs> thought of the episode. And Stop saying that. And ask Pete for those pics of him dressed as a dog man. They're out there. We just have to find them. Not cool. Uh, that's the show, guys. Pete, I'll see you next week. <laughs> uh, yeah, not unless something horrible happens to you, buddy. What a weird threat to end the episode <laughs> on. 